Welcome to Solo BG, your podcast for solo and cooperative board games. Here you will find everything you need to know about your favorite and most recent games. Art, rules, gameplays and interviews. Here is your host, Derek Rodriguez. Hey, welcome to Solo BG. This is Derek again. Welcome, my friend. Thank you for being in another episode here with me for solo and cooperative board games. Tonight we have a very interesting game, very unique. It's a card game that I was looking forward to try it. I was able to get it recently. It came out like a year ago, kind of, more or less. And we will be talking about that game in a little bit. But before we jump into tonight's game, or today's game, or this evening game, depending where you're listening and at what time it is, probably you are, I don't know, in in the subway in New York and it's 6 a.m. Or probably you're driving back from work or from school and it's like 4 or 5. Well, school, I don't think it's summer. Well, unless you do summer school, who knows. But uh, if you're coming back from work, if it's 4 or 5 p.m., well, welcome. And if it's, uh, you know, in the middle of the night, well, <laughs> good night and, you know. Uh, so wherever you are, whatever the time it is, welcome and thank you for being here. And this episode, like I said, it will be about very about a very interesting game, a card game. Came out last year once again, and I will share it with you my impressions. I will tell you how it plays. Probably you have already played it, and if don't, and if you don't, well, here you can have, uh, you will have an idea of the game. Before we jump, let me tell you now, going back in track on the on the show, let me tell you what I've been playing recently. I've been playing Legendary Encounters, the Alien version, an alien deck building game. I actually post uh, some of the pictures on our Facebook page, which, by the way, if you don't follow us, go right now and follow us on Facebook at Solo BG Podcast. Just look for us on Facebook, Solo BG Podcast. And if you give us a like, uh, you know, that helps a lot to the show to keep going on. And, you know, it shows support and it motivates me to get more games and you know, to do more more reviews and more episodes. And if you, ha- if you have a, any particular game that you would like for me to talk about, to play, to review it, please feel, feel free and, and either contact me through our Facebook, once again, Solo BG Podcast. Also, you can find us on Twitter at Solo BG Podcast, on Instagram, the same, Solo BG Podcast again. Or you can send me an email to guess what is the address, Solo BG Podcast at gmail.com. Anyway. I've been playing, like I said, uh, Legendary Encounters, the alien version, and I've been having a blast. I play the first two episodes, or first two encounters, which they represent from the original movies, uh, the first alien movie, and then the second one, Aliens, which in my opinion is the best movie of that old saga. Recently, of course, they've been continuing doing more movies, uh, you know, with the same universe, same theme, like uh, Prometheus or... Uh, Prometheus, I don't know how it's saying in English, but I guess uh, Prometheus, and then um, that one after that, it came out, I don't remember the name of the next one after Prometheus, but, you know, I look, I like those movies a lot, and, and playing that game, it, it really gives me that feeling, and, you know, what I do, which is an advice, if you want to have more immersive experience every time that you play games, I usually uh, look for uh, music for the soundtracks from the movies, so, for example, in this case, Alien, it was very easy to go to my Spotify and look for a playlist with all the soundtracks. Somebody already made it, and I just hit play, and I put my Bluetooth speaker on my uh, cell phone just close to the table, and, you know, I let myself immerse in the game and trying to defeat those aliens, you know, those xenomorphs. And I played, like I said, the first two scenarios, and it was very fun. You know, it was kind of hard, and uh, I was playing just one-handed, which is just with one character, 
And somebody on Facebook told me either you're very brave or you're very dumb or something like that because you're going to die fast. But guess what? No, I was able to survive. It was tricky. It was hard. It was challenging. It was immersive. But I was able to survive. Also recently, in the same uh, track as Legendary, I got myself another copy of Legendary, which this will probably sound dumb and you're going to tell me, oh my God, you call yourself a solo board game podcaster and you don't have this game well i didn't have i now i have this game i didn't have it before and i'm talking about legendary marvel uh you know it, one of my friends uh has it and we have been playing it uh quite a few times but uh as you know and as i've been telling you in the previous episodes i'm more like a dc guy i'm more like a batman guy uh but you know my wife she's marvel so i decided to get a copy in that way i can enjoy it with her And I got a blast. I mean, the game is it's great. It's amazing. It's back from 2012, I believe, was the first the first takeoff from the legendary, uh, you know, uh, mechanics, I guess, designed by uh, Devin Lowe. And it's not an encounters, as you know, it's more like, you know, a scenario based. But it's a it's a fun game. We played the first scenario, you know, against Hydra. And we were playing, if I don't remember incorrectly, our heroes were uh, Spider-Man, Wolverine um cyclops i believe and captain america no no iron man he was iron man so we play with those four uh, heroes and we we managed to to defeat the se- the first uh, scenario you know but it's it's nice to have those uh mechanics even if the game it's already if it came in 2012 it will have seven year old at this point which is i'm recording this episode on uh june the 1st of 2019 which i will publish the episode tonight Uh, anyway, so the game is seven year old or probably a little bit less. Anyway, but it's still, it's it's fun. You know, I have fun. Even for me that I'm not a, a Marvel person, I'm not a huge fan of Marvel. It's very fun and, and we enjoy it. And I want to, I already tried it solo a couple of times. Also, we just randomizing the, the villains and the masterminds and, you know, everything. And I've been having a blast. I'm looking forward to get all the expansions and, of course, to get a little bit of advertising here. But to uh, get the broken token, uh, you know, tray divider and that way they all can feed. I already ordered all the sleeves, uh, you know, to protect those cards, which there are a lot. And then with the expansions will be more. So it will be a huge investment in, in card sleeves and um, and also on the dividers and everything in order to have everything in great condition. But I think it's worth it. It's a, it's a game that, come on, it already... It's been around the, you know, around the universe of the gaming universe about seven years and they're still selling expansions and they're still selling the base game. So with that being said, I don't see why not this game is going to still alive for another probably 10 years because it's a great game. And, uh, you know, I don't think the Marvel um, hyper universe uh, euphoria fanatics are going to are gonna get, you know, lower at any point. I think it's going to get bigger now with more movies and all the stuff. So. I don't. I, I. I think it's a good investment. Like usually, you know, at the end of the show, we talk about the the prices on the games. That if it's you know if it's a must have or if it's not or if it depends on your situation. But I think Legendary Marvel, the deck building game, the original one, is definitely a good investment. It's definitely a, a game that you want to protect. It's definitely a game that you want to get and that you like me that I just got it. Like I said, um, I know it's lame, but I just got the game and uh, in, in invest in uh, sleeves and expansions and all the stuff because it's a game that you will be able to play literally with anybody. And even is those kinds of games that I like that you can show it to people that they don't play games and it's easy to teach. It's easy to learn. It's fun to play. doesn't take too long to, to teach. Uh, and, 
you open the minds of those people because you know they're used to Monopoly, Scrabble, sorry, all that crap. But once you show them this game, it's like wow! Like it opened my world. I, I remember back in the days when, when I um, started to play solo uh, in cooperative. This is one of the first games that they showed me, and it blew my mind. I didn't get it. I got all my other collections of games, but once again, I just decided to get it. And recently, and well, now I'm gonna get all the expansions anyway. That was a legendary, a Marvel deck building uh, game. And also, I've been playing another game that I just tweeted uh, two days ago, I think, that I know I say that all the games are fun, but it's because I really enjoy playing solo and cooperative, and probably that makes also a plus. Uh, but this game that I'm going to tell you right now is definitely very different, and is those kinds of games that even in the setup, even if it's a lot to set up, I was having fun. Just to, uh, you know, looking at the art, looking putting the trays on the top of the character sheets, which they're huge, uh, getting all the components. And I, I had fun. And I'm talking about the City of Kings. Uh, it's definitely a very unique, immersive, fun, uh, hashtag blast <laughs> of, of a game. It's, it's, it's different to anything that I have been playing in the past. Uh, I like the theme. Uh, I'm not a huge D&D guy. Actually, I want to have a show or an episode about D&D and bring some D&D experts to the to the episode. But I don't know. From being outside of the D&D universe, it gives me the impression that I'm playing a D&D board game, kind of. Even more than the Dungeons & Dragons actual board games that are made from the brand, you know, from the Dungeons & Dragons brand. Definitely City of Kings, which I don't want to keep talking too much but because I want to dedicate an episode, honestly. Uh, it's uh, it's a great game. I will do an episode. Probably it will be the next one or the following one. But City of Kings, it's great. It's just amazing. Uh, you know, my uh, review for that game, it will probably, from 0 to 5, will be 6. <laughs> it's a great game. It will definitely be on my top uh, 2 or two, top 2 probably of this year. So anyway, that's City of Kings. And I also have been playing the game that we're going to be talking about tonight. Now it's time to give the tonight or today or this evening game or this episode game the opportunity to come and shine, you know, it's your opportunity, go shine, go bright. And I'm talking about Dark Souls, the card game. Um, it's a great game, it's a card game, it's different. Uh, I need to be honest, um, I only have played the game, the video game, just a little bit, and I like it. I started to play the video game recently just because I got the game. And I, you know, I never played the video game before. And I play, I play just to see, you know, how, how similar or how different it is. Uh, and I saw a couple of videos and everything. And it seems like the idea and the mechanics is very different. I, I mean, I'm sorry, it's very similar. Uh, I know there's a Dark Souls, the board game, which I haven't played. I just um, was, I just witnessed a couple of rounds. And I don't remember if it was in this last Gen Con on the one before. But um, I, then I, I was going to get it because I like those kind of epic miniatures big boxes games but then i saw the reviews and i started to see like people complaining about the game and i was like well you know probably i should you know let it pass but the card game they released it after the board game and i was like well probably now i, I have less risk of spending in a card game which is more affordable and i guess it will give me the same feeling and for a what for what i could research i'm sorry they give you kind of the same feeling and the mechanics are very similar the only thing is that one is with miniatures and the other one is with cards but anyway tonight we're going to talk about dark souls the card game and before i keep telling you more about this game let's see to the section box and cover and let's see 
how the box and the cover looks. Box and cover. Okay, so now we are in the box and cover section of the show. And like always, I like this unboxing um, uh, audio or feeling. I'm moving the box right now and that way we can experience it together. Anyway, uh, I got a copy that I play and then I have a new copy here to unbox, which I probably give it also for a giveaway or for a gift. Or I, I usually like to uh, give this against the gifts. Anyway, um, we have Dark Souls, the card game. The size of the box is very similar. Just to give you an idea to the Arkham Horror Court set of Heroes of Thunder size. Those type of size of box, you know, like uh, Keyforge, like, you know how those boxes are not too big, probably less than 12 inch, like the standard, a little bit less than that. Uh, that's the size of the box. It's not too big. I, you can put it on, you can storage very easy. It doesn't go, it doesn't need to take a huge space on your shelf. So it's, it's a good size. And then on the, on the cover, you have the Dark Souls, the card game, and you have the same uh, illustration uh, that you have on the games and on the... Well, I think on the board game, it's like a guy, like the knight over there on the front. But here, you have like uh, the knight, uh, one of the characters, going more deeper, in the, like in a cavern or something. And you can see how it opens. It's like, almost like the the, uh, the gates of the hell or something like that. Yeah, but it's, it's nice. It's very dark and very, uh, you know, I guess, appealing to the theme of Dark Souls. Anyway, and then it's, it's published by Steamforge Games LTD. And it says that it plays one to four players. Uh, it says that it plays H14 Euro Plus, which I agree with that, yeah. Um, I think that probably the video games are the same. Uh, 60 minutes long, which I disagree. Probably takes a little bit more than 60 minutes, uh, at least in one and two players. Um, the, the times that I played and I experienced it, it was probably 90 minutes kind of type. Uh, and then, uh, you know, on the sides of the box, you have Dark Souls, more illustration like the castle and the temples, uh, some doors from a temple again. And then on the back, it tells you the flame is fading. It is time to awaken. And it tells you a whole narration of the Dark Souls um, game, which I'm not going to read because, of course, my English is very bad, as you know. Uh, and then uh, once in the back, it gives you an illustration of how you're going to literally set up the game and all the tokens and everything. And once again, you know, that is published by Steamforge uh, Games. It tells you the website, steamforge.com. And the amount of players that I told you, one of four, H, H 40 year plus, and the time, which we already said that we disagree, is not 60 minutes, unless you're playing like crazy without thinking, it's 90 minutes. But anyway, that's the boxing cover, and now let's take a look at the component, let's see what we get inside, let's do the unboxing, the audio unboxing, and let's jump inside the box. Inside the box. Hey, time to do the inside the box unboxing, so here we are. We have Dark Souls, the card game, and let's open it. Let's see. Here it goes. Okay. You know, another thing while I'm opening this, um, I'm going to be honest with you. In, in the previous episodes, I always was editing a lot and cutting and, you know, like, oh, my God, I said this wrong probably because of my language better. And then recording it again and things like that. So now I decided to do it m even more uh, live with you, know, you know, more like a real, like a, you're, we're friends. So. Since since we're doing it that way, I'm not gonna edit it. And if you hear mistakes or you know I said words not in the properly way or wrong, well, it's because now we are more uh, without editing. So anyway, here as soon as we open the the box, we have the the big is big, right? The big uh, rule book, Dark Dark Souls the card game. You see, I'm already making mistakes. And I will tell you how many how many pages. It's twenty four double sided pages. And at the at the back of the rule book, which I always I like when they 
put the turn order mistake for Carshalls, the car game. They didn't put the summary of the rounds order on the back. I don't like when they don't do that. They should give you that. Or even in a reference card, they don't give you on the reference card the turn. They um, they tell you this, the same symbols that they told you at the back of the rulebook. So please, Dark Souls, for the second edition, if you do a second edition, put some reference there, man. In that way, you know, it's easy for everybody. Like, And when I say reference, I mean like turn order and stuff like that. Anyway, for the reference we have on the back, like the equipment, the attacks, the action, the conditions, the player card types, enemy card types, the stamina, attack, and weakness. And in the rulebook, it will explain to you basically how the game plays. It's not the best rulebook, I need to say that. Um, you know, you will be consulting some of the issues that you will have be having during the game with Board Game Geek or, you know, Reddit or things like that. But, I mean, basically, it will give you, I will say, like 90% of the game on the rulebook. Then another 10%, you will need to figure it out on your own. Now, the components here, tons of cards, two cardboards, which is are the ones that... They're going to represent the enemies and, and uh, the heroes or the characters that you will have on the game. Let me see here the components. I will tell you in a little bit. Where are they? Where are they? Okay, here are. Uh, because it will take more time for me to take everything from the box, but I will. In that way, I will talk to you about that. You can hear, hear the plastic back from the cards <laughs> to tell you about the quality, which is very standard quality. Anyway, what you're going to get on the game? You're going to get starting cards. You're going to get... 28 assassin cards, 28, 28 herald. There's four characters, so each character has 20, uh, 28 cards. And then they have the four character data cards, which is like, you know, the picture of the, of the character and with some ability. And so uh, 20 remain, uh, remnant of humanity cards, which literally they're just cards that are in your inventory. Uh, all of you who are familiar with the video game, you know what I'm talking about. But you have an inventory of cards that you, that you will be able to pull cards from there. And you will be able to put equipment there and stuff like that. Because every time, every um, different time that you either die or you go back to the fireplace, uh, which is like the base where the heroes are or where the hero rests, you will be able to increase your deck and get more cards from the inventory. Anyway, we will go there on the gameplay. But uh, uh, you have also the stamina cards, the treasure cards, the encounter cards, the enemy cards, bonfire or fireplace. Let's call it fireplace, yeah. The bonfire cards. Uh, the t uh, it's three playing boards actually. You have the one where you place your hero with six spaces, the one where you place your enemies, and the ones where you're traveling from place to place the, according to the level of encounters that you want to uh, encounter <laughs> and uh, enemy bosses. And so the components are, are mainly cards like you hear, and they're good quality, they're very standard quality. I would say the same quality probably as, as Fantasy Flight games, you know, like. Uh, Arkham Horror, the card game, Star Wars Destiny, even the Legendary. They're all, they all very nice quality cards. And, and Steamforge did a good job uh, with that. The illustration, the art, is nice. It's very similar to the video game. Uh, it's like it's like they took screenshots or whatever from the PS3 or PS2. Uh, but they're nice, you know. They represent the, the cards. The, the ones that are not my favorite, though... Are the stamina cards, which they're like giving you like I don't know the like the power to resolve certain abilities, certain attacks, certain defense. Those ones I'm not a huge fan of the arts. I think they could do better, but you have those ones too. And uh, you have some tokens, cardboard tokens. I'm not a huge fan, but well, for these games is whatever. You have a school tokens, which they will counter the damage, and then you have uh, so, uh, soul tokens, which every time you kill an enemy, you will get some souls uh, that they will uh, that they will give you as a reward. That you have. Small ones that they count as one. They're the main resource of the game. 
and you have big ones that they count at five. Then you have condition tokens like poison and things like that, uh, which they are cardboard. But mainly the the, the whole uh, weight of the game, uh, you know, it came from the from the cards. You have a lot of cards. So if you're what those kind of person that you like to sleep your games, I do only a few games. They're my favorite, but not all of them. Uh, then you're gonna spend you know a little bit of money sleeping all this game. Uh, all these uh, cards and the expansions because there are some expansions. So probably you you want to get some of those um, you know 500 packages of cards that you can find through Amazon or or your uh, favorite gaming store, local gaming store if you like support. But anyway, yeah, that's that's the thing. It's mainly mainly uh, cards. But anyway, that's where the components brings from Dark Souls. And now let's go into the section to see how the game plays to tell you a little bit how the game plays. And after that, I will tell you if I like it, if I didn't like it, if I recommend it, if it's a must-have, if it's not, and we will go from there. So let's see, in the meantime, how the game plays. Gameplay. Alrighty, so now we're in the gameplay section of the show, and I'm going to try to make it very simple because I will be honest with you. This game, uh, like I said, the rulebook, we will tell you 90% of the game, and then you will be trying to research all the remaining of the learning through by yourself. Um, but anyway, so basically, it works uh, very simple, but at the same time, very tricky, and I will tell you why. So uh, you have, you know, like I mentioned before on the components, three uh, different card uh, board, you know. And the uh, hero's side, or the cardboard of the heroes, it has six spaces. And then you will put it uh, in front of that board, you will put the enemy board, which he will have another six spaces. But you need to put facing each other in the same uh, orientation, if that makes sense. All right? Uh, and then you will have an extra board, which uh, it will have the bonfire on the middle. And then it will have uh, different spaces surrounding that bonfire, and those spacing connecting to other spaces. Uh, and then those spaces connecting to um, boss uh, symbols, which is where you want to fight the boss. Anyway, uh, and you will choose which side of the board of the encounter board you want to play. And according to the symbols that you get from the side that you choose, you will uh, go ahead and set up two uh, decks of, of bosses, which is, uh, you know, the main card of the boss. And each boss has their own deck of cards. Anyway, besides that, you will be arranging the encounter levels, which is one, two and three. And you will select your heroes, and each hero has their own deck with 28 cards. You will shuffle those cards, and you will deal six. Now, your deck, the other one's going to be face down, like every deck building, or the majority of the deck buildings, I'm sorry. But uh, those 22 remaining cards, those are your life. So if at some point you uh, need to draw cards from your deck, and you're not able to draw any card, that will mean that you die, and you need to go back to the bonfire. On this game, you're going to die a few times in order to make your um, uh, deck get bigger. You need to die. I mean, that's for sure. There's no way. And, that, and that's the video game, too. You're going to be dying and dying and dying in order to get better equipment and uh, better souls, which here is a little bit different because you don't want to die because you can only die uh, no more than four times. You have four bonfire uh, cards that they will be telling you and they will be uh, instructing you what to do and they will be triggering different effects but basically you will put your characters 
let's say you're playing solo, so you have two characters. So you will be playing, uh, you know, one in one of those six spaces and one on the other one. And then you're gonna ch you're gonna move from the encounter mat. You're gonna start the bonfire, and then you s you will say like, well, you know what? I'm gonna go to the right of the bonfire, which is a level one encounter. You will draw an encountering card, and the encountering card will instruct you um, what which types of enemies you're gonna draw, how many of those enemies are you gonna draw, and also if you successfully kill those enemies, uh, the rewards like how many uh, loot cards that you're gonna get, and which type of loot cards because you have two types of loot cards anyway. So you will be drawing those enemies. Let's say that you got a level one encounter and you draw two enemies, two skull enemies, and then uh, you they will activate first. So they will have on their card like a little map on where they're gonna be spawned on those on those six spaces that, of the enemy board that is facing your board, and then uh, if they're in the same column of you of your hero, they will attack that hero, and if there's nobody on that column they will then will go by row so basically is that let's say they attack the right column and there's nobody there then they will attack whoever uh it's on the first row or on the air on the same area that has the bigger talent on the character because the heroes have a number that represents the taunt and that's whoever uh the higher the number the more taunt they have right the more brave or whatever um but on or some enemies they will attack to certain region of the of the board and well if that those ones you can avoid it if they miss and whatever so anyway on your uh basically works just to give you the idea that's how it works right how that's how they attack and on your cards you will have different uh basic stamina cards and you will have also defense card and attack cards so let's say uh, i'm just gonna put it very simple in colors the stamina colors they will come like in blue uh purple yellow red right so and they have different symbols, of course, but let's make it simple, right? So let's say you have a shield, right? And somebody is attacking to your character. And that shield could probably tell you, well, if you spend a yellow from your hand to your discard pile, you can uh, just, you know, reveal this card and apply minus two to the damage that your the enemy uh, is giving, you know? So, or it could give you also on the card, it will tell you another option. Like, well, if you play a yellow and also discard this card... In or instead of revealing it, you will avoid three damage. So in that way, you can do that in in order to avoid the less damage possible. But if you think about it, well, that's where you need to do the math or the possibly part of the game because sometimes it's the same amount of cards that you're gonna discard that if you just take the damage, if that makes sense. So because remember your deck at the beginning, your 28 cards deck, that's your life. So. What's going to happen is that they will attack, they will uh, activate first, they will try to make you damage, and then you can uh, activate your characters. And on your characters, you can do different actions. Uh, there's no order on, like, you go first or I go first. You can you can play as a party and, and just, you know, like, try to, okay, what is more convenient for this uh, situation right now? Probably because you're in front of that enemy or you're in the, same, in the same column, I'm sorry, of that enemy. Probably you activate first and then you swap positions with me and that way now I can attack the same enemy and we can get rid of him this round, things like that. So you can move one space adjacent, um, you know, with your character. You can swap positions with the other characters, but it also will cause that, that I like. That if, for example, if you swap positions with the other character, in the other character turn, he won't be allowed to move because... Uh, you already spend his action and your action by swapping position. That's clever. I like it. Um, you can move. You can try to heal. 
you can attack. You can once per turn also, let's say you have a crappy hand. You can discard up to six cards if you want to discard them, which it will hurt you. But you can draw another six. Uh, so you can do those kind, those types of actions in any order at any uh, in any you know order, basically round, turn, whatever. However you want to do, whatever, however you think is better for the for the encounter. And then you will do the same as if you were defending, like the example that I put, in order to attack. You will spend the stamina or the colors cards in order to apply the uh, abilities of the long sword or the or the uh, you know the the bow or whatever range or the hammer or whatever you're using. One nice mechanic of the game is that, for example, if you have the hammer, you have a hammer with you, and the hammer has also the hammer symbol on the on the card. If the enemy, if the enemy is vulnerable to that symbol, which means that they have that same symbol printed on their card, you don't need to worry about their defense because the enemies also uh, they will have an attack value. A health value, which is how many hits do you need to put on them in order for them to die, and they will have a defense value. So basically, let's say an enemy is the the health is two, and they have a shield of one. If you attack him with two, well, you're gonna take minus one of the shield, and you will apply only one damage. But if you have the same, if you're attacking with the same symbol that they have on the card, you don't worry about their shield, and the damage goes through because they're vulnerable to those type of weapons or spells. Or however you want to call it, and um, they would basically you don't need to worry about the defense, and highly likely you will kill them. Now, what what happens when you kill them? When you kill them, they have on the card also print an amount of souls that you're gonna get. Now, another nice mechanic of the games is that like, those souls that you get from the enemies, they don't go to the inventory; they go to another deck or another area on the game that is called the loot deck or the loot area. So once you kill enemies, those uh, souls are going to go there. So let's say on the turn you kill both of the enemies that you reveal from the first encounter. You're going to get all the souls that they tell you they're going to go to the loot uh, uh, area. And then the encounter card that you face, you're going to put like a clear uh, encounter token on top of that card, which it will represent that you already cleared that path. And you will get the, uh, you know, the loot uh, cards, which they're upgrades. They could be weapons, they could be shields, they could be more stamina, they could be uh, items or potions that they will allow you to heal yourself or other characters. But anyway, all the rewards that you get, they go to the loot area, okay? They're not yours yet. They're there, but they're not yours. That's another mechanic that I like from the game. Then what's going to happen after you finish an encounter, you can have two options. You either... Go back to the bonfire, and once you go back to the bonfire, those, all those things on the loot area, they go now to the inventory area. So now they're yours. That's one option. The other option is that you can keep pushing your luck and go to an, to an adjacent encounter. Let's say another level one, another level two. And you want to do this in that way you can get more souls and uh, more rewards because remember, once you uh, there is the souls are going to be the main resource of the game and I, w- I will go through there in a little bit. But anyway, let's say you uh, risk it and then you you don't your discard pile stay the same. You don't get back those discard piles into your deck. So let's say you spend on the first encounter eight cards each. So from those twenty now you have um, twenty. Okay, so now you go to the next encounter. And it's a level two, and you draw two schools and another uh, enemy, another type of enemy, more powerful. And you place them on the, on their area, the area that they will be instructed once again. You start to fight them, you start to discard whatever. They happen to kill one of the characters, like 
one character is not able to draw more cards from their deck when they need to, the battle immediately ends. You're going to clear all the encounters previously cleared on the uh, exploration board. And everything that you have on the loot, everything is lost. Everything that you manage from the previous encounters rounds to have it on the inventory, that's fine. That's still safe. That's yours. But everything, all the souls and the rewards and everything that you have on the loot area or the loot deck is lost now. So that's where you're going to push your luck. Like you're either going to make decisions like, okay, now I know that it's probably convenient for the team to get these uh, 15 souls that we already have and these two or three uh, rewards that we have there, like this uh, weapon or this shield or this potion. So we, will, we should probably go to the bonfire after we finish an encounter, not risk it, and that way we can get all those rewards to our inventory. Now what's going to happen, every time that you go to the bonfire, either by by decision or by being killed, is you're going to take the uh, the most uh, the top card of the, of the bonfire deck, which there are four only, and then you're going to rebuild the next one. And what's going to happen is instead of having 28 cards, it will tell you, well, now you can have 31 cards on your deck. So you improve by three. And you can select those three cards either from rewards that you have from the different, uh, you know, from different encounters. Either you can buy with those uh, souls upgrades stamina, which they will give you, for example, they will cost two and they will say like uh, red symbol slash yellow symbol. Or they will cost five and they will have yellow and red symbol on the same card. So you can buy those cards with souls. And you can, uh, you know, swap it with the inventory. And that way you can now you build your deck of 32, uh, 31 cards because it's 3 plus every bonfire. Or um, you can get the reward cards. So whatever you want to do it. There's also in the inventory always cards that they basically work like a draw card card. <laughs> Too many cards. But anyway, you can choose uh, any of those ones and build your deck now in the following rounds of the bonfire. So once again, if you decide to go to the bonfire, you keep the loot. If you... Go because you got killed, you lose the loot. Uh, and what's gonna happen, no matter what, it's you're gonna clear all the board, all the uh, uh, clear encounter tokens from the board. So all the mini encounters that you already fight, they won't be clear anymore, and there you need to go through there again. But except the bosses, there's two bosses on the on each side of the board. So let's say you went through a one encounter, two encounters, you're still alive, and then you fight the boss. And you manage to kill that boss, you're gonna put a clear token over there on top of the boss. And once you go to the bonfire, all the encounter tokens they go away, but the boss stays. That one stays. Okay, so now you're gonna go back again to the exploration mob. You're gonna draw another encounter cards, they're all different, so don't worry, you won't be facing the same enemies over and over. And then you're gonna fight those enemies again, and you're gonna manage your way to go all the way to the other side of the board to fight the other boss. They are in the opposite sides of that exploration board. Uh, in order to travel from location to location, it needs to be adjacent or connected through different lines on the board. And the basic idea is either you die uh, four times, which that will, uh, you know, end your four bonfire cards. And the bonfire cards will tell you, like, this is the last card. If you if you go to the bonfire again, you're dead. Or you manage to kill the two bosses of that side of the board and you win. That's basically how it is. Either they kill you or you kill them. But in the mean, and uh, meanwhile, on the process, you're gonna get killed, and you know there's gonna be a lot of killing, which is good. I always like that on games. But um, you know the main idea is to kill the boss at the end of the game. Um, I like from the game some mechanics. I don't like from the game some of the art on the cards, like I told you, especially the stamina cards. You know that they give you the the power to trigger shields or attacks or abilities. Uh, oh, I forgot something. Also on the character cards, 
what what I like is that they have a unique ability, all of them. So, for for example, the knight, he will say like, uh, whenever you're gonna re uh, receive uh, three damage, you can block those three damage, flipping this card the other side. So you flip it right, and then on the other side, we'll say like, you cannot flip this card again until you go to the bonfire. All of them, I believe, you need to go to the bonfire in order to reset their ability. But they have different abilities depending on the character. If you want to be the knight, the sorcerer, the assassin, the herald, depends. They will have different taunt numbers also. The, like I said, the higher the taunt number, it's it's the most likely that you're gonna get the damage. But I think it's a very nice cooperative game because the party needs to work together. If you like the buildings, it's a little bit different. It's more um, tense because uh, yeah, you want to build your deck, but at the same time, you don't want to die because that extinguished one flame of the bonfire. And now you're three. You're only three down to to lost, or you know that is your your life, the deck. So you don't want to go too crazy. So that's where the challenging, tense part of the deck building on this game, I think, comes in play. Uh, I like the fact that the bonfire it gives you more cards over and over because it's like okay, you're getting closer to be dead. You're getting closer to be real dead. But now you have more cars. It should take longer, and you can improve, and you should do better, and not to do the same mistakes. And you know, it's a, it's 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 that kind of game. So anyway, with that being said, basically that's how the game plays. And now let's jump into my favorite section of the show. If it's if we rather play this game solo or cooperative, solo or cooperative. Okay, so now we are in the section that if we rather to play this game solo or cooperative. And I will be very straightforward with you, my friend. I think this game plays the same solo or cooperative. I don't see, um, other than the strategy, like you making the choices for both characters, I don't see that ma that huge of a difference playing two players or one player or three players, other than the time that is going to consume, you know, because of the table talk and all the stuff. But mechanically speaking, uh, it's the same. Uh, strategy strategically speaking, I guess, yeah, if you're playing solo, you can control both characters and this and that. But if you're playing cooperative, especially those kinds of games, you gonna want to talk and do what is best for the party. So with that being said, I think it's a game that you will have fun playing solo and also you will have fun playing cooperative. So that's good because, you know, it's an easy game. Well, sort of. <laughs> uh, taking the rule book a little bit, you know, minus points because once again, you need to find a little bit on, on yourself. But I mean, I think it's basically if you're in the mid-level gamer, it's it's a, it's a easy to learn game. Uh, if you're familiarized with the video game, I think it will be more, even easier for you to understand the mechanics and 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 play it. Um, with this game, I don't think I need to get the board game. I think with this one, at least for me, it's enough experience of Dark Souls. I want to try the expansions. I want to see how they play. I'm not against them. I want to probably try it. I probably will get one or two expansions to see what else can bring to the table. Um I think the first game will be longer because you're trying to learn and there's a tricky parts on the game. But other than that, after that, it should go smooth the next the next games. I think it's a good game. I don't think it's a bad game. Um, do I recommend it? Yes, I do. If the theme is appealing to you, if, if, if the dark fantasy is appealing to you, if you're a fan of the Dark Souls, Bloodborne, those types of games, yes, you you need to you, you can get it and you will have fun. You don't need to, of course, but you. I recommended it to you. Uh, if you put me to, like, like which one would I get uh, for what I saw from the board game, which it was little, and the card game? Definitely the card game. Uh, and the only reason why is because cards are always fun. Minis are fun. 
But I feel like for this game, the cards serve the purpose. And also the price, it's way different. Like I think in retail, the Dark Souls, the board game was like 100 or 110. And this uh, game retail is uh, 39 or 40 dollars. So it's a big difference over there. Of course, the material, the components, all the stuff. But uh, I have a very good friend that he is a huge Dark Souls video game player. And according to what he told me, what he experienced with me with the game, he said that it gives you the the feeling. So with that being said, you know, get the card game. And if you really love the card game and you're like, yeah, I mean, I love Dark Souls and all that stuff, which nothing wrong with that, but you really like it, you really love it, you play the, dark, the card game, you beat it, and then you want to have more, well, then, then get the, the board game. But if you want to go either or, I would probably suggest uh, you to go with the card game. Um, I will give it this game from 0 to 5 review, where 0, where zero is, oh my god, you hate it, you want to burn it right now. And 5, not even burn it, you don't even want to uh, waste any gas or any resource on burning. You're going to throw it to the trash. Probably you don't want to throw it to the trash because you don't want to waste the energy of you walking and you aren't putting on the trash either. You get the idea what zero is. But uh, a zero to five, probably this game I would put it when five is excellent and you can play it every time. This game I would put it uh, on a three, probably in a t- 2.8 or, or three. Um, if I want to be nice, of course. Like, you, you, yes, you want to play the game. Uh, you want to experience it with a certain amount of friends that if they all... They all, if they all like Dark Fantasy, they will probably all love it and probably give it a 4 or a 4.5. But uh, I think it's also hard. It's those kinds of themes that if if you're trying to bring it to the table and people are not very related with Dark Souls and the video game and the theme, they will probably, you know, try to be a very, you know, caution about the game. But I think it's a good game in general, general words. I think it's, it's a, I don't know if I will call it a must-have, but I will say this. If you like, once again, if, if the theme appeals to you, I think it's a game that you can get and you will have fun. And there's expansions, which is always good. And that way you have, you can put uh, more replayability in the game. With the base game, you will have replayability. Even if you're trying to do the same over and over, the encounters, they will be different because you shuffle different decks. And the enemies, they will be different because you shuffle those... I'm sorry, those decks too. And... Uh, the characters, you can play with different characters and stuff like that. So it has replayability. Nothing crazy, but it has replayability. It's, it's, it's a nice card game, and for the price and everything, I think it's it's convenient and it's good you know, to have it if you can. It's probably, like I said, I won't put it as a must-have, but you know, it's a, it's a nice game, different. I like some mechanics. I'm looking forward to playing expansions, and probably once I play the expansions, and a year from now we talk about the game again, I will probably put it... Probably higher, probably lower. Who knows? But I'm not giving it a bad review. It's just it's a it's an okay and a good game if the theme appeals to you. Anyway, this was the episode about Dark Souls, the card game. Please, I would like to hear what you think. Uh, reach me out through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Solo BG Podcast. Also, uh, our email, which I reply directly, solobgpodcast at gmail.com. I would like what you uh, for you to tell me what you think about this game. Or once again, if you have any comments for the show, or if you have any games that you would like to hear on the show, or if you want to be on the show, also, whatever, just contact me. Also, um, we have the YouTube channel, which is uh, Solo BG Podcast, and I'm very excited to announce you that uh, we are in the process of uh, doing a network, and that means uh, having more different shows, podcasts, and YouTube shows. Uh, With that being said, we already start with our new uh, YouTube channel, 
uh, which is called Geek86. Now, let me tell you this. That channel is starting in Spanish. As you know, Spanish is my primary language. So we already uploaded a video. And basically, let me tell you a little about this. Uh, the Geek86 in Spanish, uh, and it will be a Geek86 in English, they both are going to be about everything related to the Geek Universe. That includes comics, that includes movies, that includes uh, TV shows, <clears throat> board games, video games, unboxing of uh, uh, Geek stuff. Uh, you know, it's going to be a mainly a Geek channel. I was, I already started in Spanish. We're going to do it in English too. Uh, and we're going to start to do also the solo bg podcast uh, youtube channel which we already have with some unboxings but we're going to start with playthroughs and we're going to start to film on conventions we're going to start to do live streamings and things like that uh and you know put energy on those youtube shows so anyway so far we have the youtube uh solo bg podcast which is this one that you're listening to and we have the solo bg podcast the youtube channel and we have the geek 86 in spanish at this moment so if you know spanish or you know somebody that speaks spanish well Please share it with them and please subscribe because that's very important for every project at the beginning and, you know, at all times also. And thank you so much for being in another episode here with me. I really appreciate, once again, follow us in our social medias. Uh, if you're listening through iTunes, Google Play or Spotify or Stitcher or through the Board Game Big website, remember that you can go to all other platforms like I mentioned before, the same that I just mentioned right now. In that way, you can listen us through there. And if you're doing through iTunes or through any of the Apple services, please, please, please review the show. Write a comment. That really helps to keep the show going. Uh, as you know, we don't do Patreon. We don't do a Kickstarter, nothing like that. Uh, I do it as a, I do it, f you know, for love. I do it from my heart and I will keep doing it like that. And that's perfectly fine. I just want to share the hobby with you, my friend. So please, if you can review the show on iTunes and give it a five stars, that will be great. Anyway, I think that was all from this episode. And, you know, like every time, remember. For victory, go tell your friends. Till next time, see you through the speaker and at the tabletop.